You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Steven and I have some awesome guests today. I have with me Nia Kamau and her father, Dr. and Pastor Kwesi Kamau. Thank you guys for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. So good to be here. Come on. Well, I want to first off mention how I know you guys. Nia was a part of my college ministry. It's your sophomore year now. Yep. Can't okay. believe it. Oh Come on. Yep. Dad, way to go. Getting your daughter into SMU. Uh, <laughs> way, way to go. Encouraging She got herself education. into SMU. I'm going to tell you right now. She did all the hard work. That's awesome. Well, Nia, what are you studying over at SMU? Yes. So I am actually majoring in human rights um, and minoring in Arabic. My specializations are in international um, affairs and public policy um, and economics. So yeah, I'm in like this really cool, unique program um, that is what brought me to SMU for the opportunity to just study how I can, you know, use my education to empower others. So good. Well, Nia is a leader. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast to share your knowledge. And then your father, <laughs> the pastor, Kwesi Kamau, I went to your church and heard you preach. I heard you share your vision. What is the vision of your church, Impact DFW? Oh, fantastic. Well, first of all, thank you again for um, having us on the program today. And it was great to have uh, you come and, and worship with us. It's been a uh, it's been an amazing journey. Impact Church is about five years old. God has done an amazing work, a quick work in that time. It's because we have been on mission. So what we say every Sunday is this. We say we are anointed to make an impact. We don't just talk about it. We be about it. Um, and we repeat that over and over because there's something powerful in in confession, in actually stating that when it comes out your mouth, yeah. you're committed to it. And so what we want to do is make sure that everybody understands the, the culture and the ethos of, of the house. So, you know, we, we, we are all anointed to make an impact in Christ. Come and on. And we don't just, we just don't want to talk about it. We want to be about it. Say it with me. We are anointed, we are anointed. to make an impact. We don't just talk about it. We be about it. Yeah, yeah, J- just in case there's a part of your spirit right now, just in case there's a part of your heart that feels a little fear right now, I want you to speak to the fear on the inside of you and say, we are anointed to make an impact. We don't just talk about it. We be about it. And one more time for the Holy Ghost, even when the enemy's trying to raise up against you, even when the money's funny and the bills are due, even when your, your situations and your relationships seem to be falling all apart, you got to understand who you are over against what your circumstances say to you. And you got to declare, we are anointed to make an impact. We don't just talk about it. We be about it. Come on and give God glory. Let's go. I love it. Well, first question, I'd love to just hear from each of you about a mentor who's invested in your life. Can you paint a picture for our listeners about any mentor relationship, um, how it started, 
what they did that stood out to you. Um, yeah, I would just love, love to hear um, your experience being mentored. I would I would say I have had, um, you know, an army of mentors in my life. But I think one that uh, would stick out the most would be my uh, my pastor, my former bishop, as I was a part of the Methodist system. And he was a tremendous mentor, a, a exciting leader who didn't let any grass grow under his feet. I mean, this mm. guy was enthusiastic, energetic and filled with vision. And I'm going to tell you right now. If you didn't have any vision, he had plenty for you. This is that, <laughs> that kind of guy. I think maybe that's where I get a little of that from. <laughs> but the reality is that my father, uh, when I was 14 years old, uh, passed away from cancer. Mm. Uh, a few months before he passed, uninvited and unexpected, we we get a ring on the on the phone saying that Pastor Williamson was here to see us. And so, uh, you know, we... we uh, you know, let him in, and I, I've never seen this guy before in my life. Mm. Um, I did not go to church at that time. My family was nominally Christian. We were Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter kind of people, maybe. And it was a real struggle for my mom to get me there even on those days, right? Mm. Here's the bottom line. When he came, he came and prayed with my dad. And then in leaving, he pulled out $20 and put it in my hand and said, now you take care of your family call me if you need anything. Now, at that point in time, as I said, I didn't go to church. I think maybe just a few months earlier, I had an encounter with Christ and Mm. had committed my life to Christ, but I hadn't found a church home yet. And so when I saw the church outside the four walls, that was impactful for me. I ended up uh, joining that church. Actually, my father died on May 31st, which was a Sunday at 10 a.m., and the next Sunday I was in church and I joined on that Sunday. Wow. Pastor Williamson, now Bishop Williamson, has spoken into my life literally every every year, every moment of my life, every significant moment of my life ever since. Wow. Um, certainly stood in uh, for my father when when my wife and I got married, assigned me to, you know, uh, several churches that I was I ended up pastoring and and um, you know, showed me what a good leader uh, is all about. He he spoke into my life, so he gave me words of wisdom that I can rattle off to you even right now. You know, it's not what you expect; it's what you inspect. You know, or Ooh. understanding. You know, it. You know, you must have the vision to see, the faith to believe, the courage to do. You know, things wow. like that that he just spoke into our lives. And yeah. um, you know, your mind is a pearl. You can learn anything in the world. You can learn ten languages. You can do anything. You know, wow. it, you know the, the respect motto of understanding that. Uh, we don't have to agree, but I must respect you and you must respect me. Those mm. kinds of things, you know, were ingrained in me. And I then had a way of, as I'm sharing it with you now, I could share it with other people. Exactly, so, yeah. Uh, so his impact was not simply in encouraging me, but giving me tools as to being able to encourage other people yeah. as well and being a leader myself. Yeah, that's so good. It's like his his impact isn't just oh yeah what happened to you. <clears throat> But it's what you do with what he gave you. Absolutely. And absolutely. And we, we have relationship to this day. Um, he is out of state. I spoke to him actually this afternoon. We, we talk maybe once a week, maybe once every other week or something like that. And he's always speaking life, always speaking encouragement. You know, when you, when you have a commitment to people and to mentoring, it's not a commitment to a principal or to a job. It really is a commitment to individuals. And he, he has made that commitment for over 30 mm-hmm. years. So good. Yeah. I love when 
when you have someone like that speaking into your life, it's like they give you permission to dream, permission to think, permission. That's to, a really good word. That's to a really good word. Lord and yeah, like you, you can give people language mm-hmm. to yep. to use to change lives and, and and tools and confidence. Confidence. Um, yeah. You know, learning the scripture. You know, memorizing the word of God was a challenge that I got from him. Being a prayer warrior was a challenge that I got from him. I still remember the sermon that he came back from vacation to preach called Jesus the Prayer Warrior. And, you know, that has made the absolute difference in my life. I have now written several books on prayer. Um, Prayer is a major focus of my life. It's a major focus of our ministry. And that comes honest. We, I, I received it from a father. Yeah. Would you would you say that the the things that he spoke into your life and the things you saw him doing informed your perspective of what manhood is, what it what it means to be a man? I mean, everyone learns how to be a man from somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> particularly, what well, we always say in, in our circles that a boy <coughs> will will only yeah. learn how to be a man from another man. Right. Right. I will tell you this, um, that um, I had a fantastic father for 14 years. So I really did learn a lot about manhood from him. Yeah. But it was definitely reaffirmed and and built up. And the thing about it is it's not just one person either. Yeah. Going to the church, joining the church, there was not only Henry Williamson, but then there was a guy by the name of Wilbur Thomas of Saint at Memory, and and a guy by the name of Oliver Hightower, and a guy by the name of William Fields, and and Lafonza Austin, and various other men that yeah. I saw. Lemuel Johnson, I can keep you know rattling off the names. Yeah. Edward Hubbard, I can rattle off the names. These men that it wasn't just like a isolation or a yeah. unique thing. I saw men all around us, and we had a, a, a strong emphasis for men in our church. That's really good. Um, so. As our church grew, we probably had um, as many men as we did women, which is, you know, um, statistically not Not very, consistent, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and the men, every third Sunday, we would have male emphasis Sunday. And we would have the men surround the church, not as a way of creating this this antagonistic you comparison walk around between times. men and women, <laughs> but rather <laughs> it was a matter of saying, uh, we thank God for the women of the church who have been in leadership and who have shared and who have stood in the gap, oftentimes where men were not there. And mm. today we want to honor you and surround you with a prayer, with a circle of prayer and love. And the men and boys of the church would all grab hands and we would pray. And it was one of the most powerful experiences, I'll tell you, uh, yeah. in a worship experience. And so, so good. Um, um, it was not simply just dealing with one individual. Because sometimes we think mentorship one-on-one, but, you know, the mentor should always bring the mentee into a communion with others in a community. That's really good. You know, whether it's, whether we're talking about men now, but it could be with women as well. You want to have a a sense of being engaged in a larger organism, a larger body. That's a really good point. The role of a mentor is to resource you yep. to even more relationships. <clears throat> yes. And, yeah. I was getting emotional while you were sharing and just going off on all these men that have invested in you. Yeah. And I was thinking about uh, one of the boys in our program we just spoke with. Yes. Yeah. And I was thinking about, I mean, I just had a picture of him in my mind's eye 20 years from now. Yes. Is he going to be able to list off name after name after name yes. of men that have invested in his yes. life? And 
it's a privilege of of being in this space as a mentor, mentoring kids who have a relational deficit when it comes to those relationships in the home yeah. or even in the community because the, the statistics show that single parent households have a lot more difficulty committing to a community, a local church, a, a place where you gather regularly. Yeah. And there are a lot of issues. And, and here's the deal is that my mom was intentional about taking me to a place where I could have other men place their hands on me. That's, you know, something that we we can, from a from a, a standpoint of my testimony, encourage other single moms uh, yeah. in, um, you know, be sure, whether it's a boy or a girl, bring your children into places and spaces where there are positive male figures. Um, so I'm really fortunate enough to say that I, I do have had like many mentors in my life. Um, and of course, the first people, first and foremost people who have invested in me are my parents. And I'm really grateful to say that. Um, but during, I think, my like junior or senior year of high school, um, I had a lady named Miss Carrie step into my life who actually reached out to me and said that she wanted to like mentor me and help um, me like kind of through the college process, um, getting ready for college, not just like academics and resume, but like spiritually. And so I would like drive out to her home and like we would meet usually like once once a week, maybe like twice a month. And she was just so intentional about being able to identify like the needs that I had mm. and about like one listening to me and concerns that I presented. Um, but also just listening to like Holy Spirit and being like, okay, like Holy Spirit, what do you want me to um, say to Nia? How do you want me to pour into Nia? And that was really meaningful to me to have like a woman of God in my life who is using her life to serve the Lord through ministry um, and also has a passion for pouring into other people to come alongside me and walk through that with me. We have like almost similar passions in the fact that we want to like spend our lives serving others. And so having her there to walk me through that process was very, very meaningful. I still keep in contact with her all the time. I actually kind of like work for her now <laughs> in some ways, <laughs> which if you're like a good like mentor, you bring you bring yeah, people along with you. Hire them. Yeah, you bring them <laughs> along with you on your mission. And that's something that's that really my good. parents have done with me by helping me to identify God's purpose in my mm, life. Wow. And Miss Carrie has done that as well. And so I'm so grateful. Um, she has, she does like take me out for lunch sometimes, but honestly, I just love like just sitting in her home in the quiet and, yeah. you know, just having her say, you know, Nia, how are you doing? Um, you know, Nia, who are the guys in your life? Nia, you know, what is God saying to you? You know, I'm all the important things. I'm very grateful for Carrie for that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and she promised not to tell my dad any of it. So that's the great part. No, I'm just Amen. kidding. I tell him anyway. <laughs> um, well, I want to ask a follow-up on that. In meeting with Carrie, y- you mentioned that there was this point that you recognized, wow, she's here recognizing my needs. Mm-hmm. And she is sensitive to the spirit and she is listening. And would you say that that was like walking into this relationship, that that was something you expected or, or was it more of like, oh, wow, I'm meeting with this woman who wants to invest in me. Who's like mm-hmm. their choice is to pour into my life. And like, how did that affect you when you just mm-hmm. started to recognize this person really cares for me? Yeah, I think when I like first started, uh, stepped into the relationship with Miss Carrie, um, I didn't know what to expect out of it or like how serious um, it would be. So I was, I was like really touched by how invested that she was in me. 
um, and how intentional she was willing to be. And honestly, like, I think that would make anyone just feel so loved and special. I think that's something that Miss Carrie gives to me is like just a, a sense of being loved um, by someone. And so I'm, I'm super grateful for that. It's definitely something that like whenever I'm feeling down, um, you know, maybe with whatever's going on in my life, I can always almost like feel the love that she has for me. Back to you, dad. I think the world would refer to a father of five as having a full quiver. So Mm. way to go for our dads who are mentors. They have this experience in the home of mentoring Mm -hmm. and then they're actively going outside the home, investing in, in others in other families. And, And I think that that, that dynamic can be really powerful. Not that you're learning when you're mentoring Nia so that you can get better at mentoring this other guy or, or those things, but I'm sure that there's some experience that you get being a father um, that a single man or woman um, doesn't necessarily have. And so I, I wonder I if think, you... I think it's actually the, up, the other way around. Mm. Um, me and I were actually talking about this once. I have been engaged in mentoring slash discipling youth and children for about 30 years. I started mm. early. And so looking at what worked with the youth pastors and leaders that went before me and then executing those principles and, 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 you know, those patterns um, got me into the life of a lot of young people. We, we have a program called one church, one school. So we would go into our church would partner with several schools. We had five schools at one point in time when I was, growing up my home church and we would go in and talk to the kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, I learned how to give a interesting talk. I learned how to do the group, you know, mentoring process. And then from there you get, always get the one little guy here or the, the you know, one kid there that, that needs the extra attention and yeah. and you give them um, one of those kids that needed the extra attention is now a pastor in, in Nashville and, and is doing well with his own family. Um, And giving back now himself. I I say this to say that as a single person, this is an excellent time for you to get engaged. Number one, you have the time. You have the emotional bandwidth oftentimes because you don't have a family to take care of. And, And not saying that single people don't have a lot to deal with, but it is a different lifestyle. It is a different configuration of life. You know, if you are single, this is a really good time. And because I spent all of those years mentoring and working with yeah. children and youth from my little cousins to the to the young people in the schools, to the kids at our church or what have you, by the time my wife and I had kids, we kind of, you know, knew what was going on, you know. <laughs> my wife did much the same kind of thing. So, you know, she worked with Job Corps. And so she she was always engaged in young people's lives and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, you know, by the time that that we did have kids, you know, um, I'm not saying that we were, you know, super qualified to be parents or anything <laughs> like that. But the experience that we had working with young people gave us an edge. Mm-hmm. It gave us a definite edge. It's really yeah. good. I, I kind of just want to hit um, off of that as like coming from the perspective of the kid. Um, I think sometimes people are like, oh, like your dad's a pastor. Like that must not be that fun. But I think <laughs> it's like the best thing ever to have a parent who is like a pastor because they've spent so much of their life ministering to people and investing in people. My dad had been doing it 
for like maybe 10 plus years by the time he had me, as I was going growing up and going through my own struggles, I would bring them up to him and he would like immediately like know how to handle it. One, just because he's mm. sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but also because like I would think that I'm presenting some like new struggle to him and he he's already like seen this and dealt with that and and God has already shown him how to how to minister. And I think that really made my relationship with my parents really strong because they were just so prepared yeah. on how to pour into me. Mm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It's not necessarily the reason we get into mentoring mm-hmm. to figure out those things. Most most of it, the intention is, man, I just want to love this kid well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a product of committing to love someone is you learn to love well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A way to flip flip the script on my question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I wanna ask how how did it make you feel mm-hmm. your father in, incorporating or how did he incorporate the people he was mentoring or discipling into family life? Mm-hmm. Um well I would definitely say that ministry was a big part of our family life. Mm-hmm. Um we always did it as a team. As far as people that like my dad was mentoring, it actually wasn't very much incorporated in our family life. Um, and I almost feel like that was intentional. Um, and looking back, is something that I kind of appreciate because I honestly didn't know half of the things that my dad did to pour into other people. I'm like realizing some of it now. And I think that if I had known at a certain point in my life, then I might have felt like his attention was divided, um, wow. you know, from me and my siblings, just, you know, coming from maybe an immature perspective. And now I see that, of course, you know, he's doing what God has called him to do and God has given him the strength and capacity to do it all. But, you know, we didn't really have the people that he was mentoring like in the home a lot, or sometimes they'd be around and we didn't know that he was mentoring them. It's really something that I've realized now that I'm an adult and I just like, my eyes are open to more things. He shares more things. Like for instance, my family went on a vacation to Austin. While we were in Austin, my dad got a call and it was actually a call from someone who he had ministered to in Los Angeles. The person called my dad and um, said, you know, I like, I need some help. I don't know how to help me. I don't know who can help me. And he's like, the guy's like, you know, I'm in Austin. And we're like, what? We're in Austin right now. Like, we're never in Austin. <laughs> and at this point in time where this guy that we knew from Los Angeles needs help, we are all in the same place. We had like plans for the day, of course. We were going to like do things. But my mom and dad had to like stop that. And they went to go minister to this guy. I think that kind of spoke to me in multiple ways because one, I was really surprised at how it didn't bother me and my siblings mm. that like our plans got canceled for the day. And I realized it's just because we know that there is something so much bigger that our family is called to. We didn't We didn't feel like we were missing out on anything because we were like, oh, like mom and dad, like they're going and ministering to this person. And like, that's, mm. that's more important. Even my 11 year old brother realized that. Which that's not normal. <laughs> not normal for an 11 year old kid to think like, Life's not all about me. Like I, I don't know. I have great parents. Um <laughs> and my, my kids have a good big sister. Um, <laughs> and I can say that, you know, uh, make her blush, but it's also true. You know, if, if you're gonna have a lot of kids, put a lot of work in your first family. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it really helps. But uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, but, but like that wasn't really something that my siblings and I were involved in. Like we never met this person. We never like heard the conversation that my dad was my mom were giving to this guy. But we knew that that is like, that's what our family does. It was really also cool for me to see that my dad who was taking this vacation away from, not away from the church, but you know, like taking a break, like literally just left to help this person. It was with this person for yeah. like multiple hours. And um, that God gave us that very unique opportunity um, to 
pour into this guy's life and had already orchestrated everything from location um, to everything. So, wow. I think what I would want to add, and, you know, I I made the joke about putting a lot of emphasis in your first child, but really you want to put emphasis in every child uniquely, Mm -hmm. um, individually. Um, You don't love your children equally. You love them individually. I think part of the reason why our 11-year-old son could feel the way he does is because we really do try to listen to him Mm. and to all of them and to respond to them, and to touch them, and to hug on them, and to wrestle with them. That's my thing, not, not some of my moms. <laughs> you know, um, we had a, we used to have a game that Nia can't stand anymore. Um, so heartbroken. He <laughs> <laughs> used to have a belly button game where, you know, I was the belly button monster and chased him all around and all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, it sounds, it sounds silly and funny and quirky and, and what have you. It's family. Um, yeah, I did bring people into the home at times. But we did it not as a mentor and mentee relationship. It was more as family. Um, and we, we wanted to be family in front of them and involve them in the experience. And yes. so it was never a matter of, okay, this is, this is just a guy that dad's working with or mom's working with. It was, this is just, you know, someone, someone from our community that we're having around our table. Yeah. And, um, and, and so... And well, and you give that. you give an example of what it looks like to build authentic relationships. Yes, yes. Because if you if you invest in someone and you treat them like a project, mm-hmm. they're going to connect. Oh, this is what serving people is. Yes, you, you see them as an object, yes. not as a, a human. Yes, that's equal to me. Yes, and you when you create that <clears throat> authenticity, that's what's translated. Mm-hmm. They begin to have people at their table. Yeah, let's not. Talk about mentoring when we're sitting at the table. Let's talk about being family. Yeah. How do you help a mentor move from just talking about it to being about it? You can't mentor specifically like as a Christian without being connected to Holy Spirit and allowing Holy Spirit to move through you. Because, you know, I, I just thought at the beginning, you know, oh, I can just like give the good advice that I read in this book the other day and, you know, I can, I can like use my understanding to be able to tell what this problem is. And, you know, maybe this person's like feeling insecure. So I'm just going to like say what comes to mind and stuff like that. But I quickly learned that like God is willing to show you things that a person needs to grow. If you're walking in line with him, he's willing to give you the, the words wow. to say to them. I don't have to come up with something to say. I don't have to try to like reason what they might be going through. I just have to be open and sensitive to Holy Spirit and wherever God wants that person to be, if his will is for me to be a part of their story, he's going to open my eyes and he's going to show me. That's what people need to see is the power of God, not the wisdom of Nia. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. And so that's something that, you know, I learned early on, but I'm still trying hard to like put into practice um, because obviously like it's a struggle against ego. Mm. It's a struggle to stay consistently connected with God because when you're pouring into someone else, like you have to make sure that you're staying at a certain kind of level and growing yourself. You know what the most powerful mentor is? The mentor who is authentic, who is real, who has had a real experience with God, who is growing in God, and who can share that journey with somebody else. That's the most important thing in the world. So talking about it, being about it, um, one thing is stop talking. I mean, for real. Get off Facebook, get off Twitter, Instagram, all that other kind of stuff. Stop. 
Just just stop. Wow. Um, say what you mean, mean what you say. Number two, get among people who are about it. Mm-hmm. Just hang out. Just be with them. That's going to give you the encouragement, motivation, and the staying power that you that you need. Come on. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you all so much for investing in to mentors and to future mentors and to current mentors. It means so much. Tell us how people could get involved with what you guys are doing in the city. I know you're a pastor, but you've also been part of the Greater Dallas Coalition yes. and, and other yes. things going on. So, Absolutely. I'm a strategic partner with the Greater Dallas Coalition. Um, over the last uh, almost decade, we have been um, having a camp that... Um, we bring together about 200 kids, and most of these kids come um, from, as you say, very difficult, hard places. But 80% of the kids will say that they have uh, either seen or experienced some kind of gun violence or sexual violence, domestic violence of some sort. Um, a lot of them are dealing with post-traumatic stress, and they are desirous of people to speak into their lives like any kid would be. So we are always looking for people who would love to come alongside um, and and step into the lives of these kids in one way or another through one-on-one, through group uh, mentoring contexts, and just really give these kids a way up and a way out. And listen, every bit counts. There's no little bit in mentoring. If you can given hour. That's not a little bit. That's an amazing yeah. contribution. So you can go to greaterdowscoalition.org to find out more information. Pastor uh, Darrell Smith is over the camp and there is there's work to be done. Um, so if you wanting to find a good place to plug in, uh, certainly get in touch with the Greater Dallas Coalition and the Dallas Champions Academy. That's awesome. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. And if you didn't pick up anything from this podcast, Let it be this, you can mentor.